there is no excuse for cheating in your relationship that period point blank period like and so my thing is either you have that discussion with your wife that hey i'm i'm bi or i'm straight out gay and this is a marriage of convenience and yada 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 and y'all are cool with it and y'all had an understanding or you suck it up and you stay true to your wife until you actually uh divorce and you go be with somebody else like those are my choices What up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg, and I'm joined with my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. I just want to say uh, single parent life uh, is difficult, I, to say the least. I mean, being in the house all day long, if I hear daddy one more time, uh, I think I'm going to lose it, man. I'm going to pull out what little hair I do have. Uh, and then on top of that, like I cooked tonight, tried to just some pizzas, put them in the toaster oven and ended up burning my fingers half off. So I, I bro, I'm just frustrated. I'm tired. I'm tired. That's that's all I can say. But uh, I'm tired, boss. I was tired, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the same pizza, Ali? That's the same pizza Ali wanted yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I told him he could have it yesterday, so uh, hey, I could. So you burn his pizza. I didn't burn the pizza. Um, I pulled it out and I burned, I burned my hand. Yeah, touching the pan. I guess that's better. Yeah, it is. But you would have messed over a meal and had to start back over. <laughs> and there was or no more no, pizzas in the freezer, so yeah. Or ain't no starting hurt. over. Just scrape, scrape off the <laughs> Cajun. <laughs> we just gonna pull that little black off and uh, you, you eat it. It it becomes uh cheese sticks. <laughs> was this the Totino's, bro? Of course. That's the, man, Totino's is the best frozen pizza. I don't want to hear oh no hands God. down. It's, it's, it's yeah, actually, best fro- first best off, frozen pizza not, under a dollar. <laughs> like Red Barn or Red Baron is better than that. But No, man. No, I'm telling it, you. Insert frozen pizza here is better than Totino's. <laughs> Nah, man. Especially if you get the uh, the pepperoni, no. the, like the little chunk pepperoni, not even the whole ones. <laughs> the speaking of, speaking, no. hey, uh, speaking of though, I would go for some uh, school lunch pizza though. The stop sign pizza, which I learned was Mexican pizza. Did anybody know that? Yeah, the stop cool. sign was the Mexican cheese. Yeah, man, I they, had the, they had the white cheddar too. The little square yeah, one the Mex- was the white cheddar. But no, the Mexican, because it also had like Mexican or taco seasoning mm. oh, in the beef. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what made it like that. Okay. All right. Yeah, that makes that, that stop sign pizza, man. They need to start selling that at Costco's. <laughs> Stock up on that. So, yeah, that's what's been my week, you, man. What's up with you, Buff? Uh, not a lot, man. I've been productive. This is uh, week one of my two week administration leave. I've been productive, man, doing yard work, cleaning different rooms in the house. Uh, our dining room had become the room that we just put stuff we don't know to do with yet. So we just so it was like full of stuff, man. So I, I finally cleared that room out, um, bought me a puzzle, a 750 piece uh, puzzle is a puzzle of the Las Vegas Strip. I'm going to post it on our page because I'm doing it by myself and I've been sipping, sipping and trying to put that together. So 
if I get a little reckless on this show, it's because of the Guinness and the Captain Morgans. So the fam ain't helping you with the puzzle? Hell no. I mean, Jasmine told me yes, but she ain't mean it. I mean, she just told me that so I get out of her room. Uh, and and Tavita, just so y'all know, full disclosure, she was feeling a certain kind of way. So she went and got checked out. She was coughing. And they gave us some medicine. They told us she didn't have the, the COVID, but they gave us some medicine anyway. So it's been making her drowsy. So she's been sleeping on the couch all day, pretty much. So tab on that tussin. <laughs> I don't know what she on, but she Hey, man, out. make sure she don't, she don't get her no lean in them, bro. <laughs> I'll, I'll but, double check on that. So it's funny you say puzzle. So we actually put together a puzzle with Sky. We did a small 300-piece puzzle because we couldn't find any in the stores. They are sold out, so we're going to have to buy some more online. But I just realized my wife and I were joking. We finished it last night, so I'll post our puzzle. It's only 300 piece. That's the first puzzle I put together, like full puzzle, yeah. outside like kids' puzzles when I was, you know, a jit in my life. So my daughter, you know, she's experiencing things that we never experienced. I asked my wife, like, hey, did you ever put a puzzle together with your family? She's like, nope. I'm like, I don't remember, but I feel like I might have. So I'm just going to say one by default. But I don't think we just did those type things, those Walton, uh, leave it to Beaver, you know, type stuff. Did you guys ever put a, a puzzle together with your Rising, really? y'all know y'all did. Yeah, y'all had, I was about to say, y'all had I, family yeah, game so we, night. We put, yeah, we had family game night. So, yes, we definitely yeah, did. Y'all, y'all played. Y'all ran out of games. Y'all were getting... But what's funny is I never saw y'all play any A-list games. Like y'all always had like the oh, y'all had the what, bootleg game. What, what are the A-list games? Like they never had Monopoly or Uno. They had another like it was they had a version of Uno. What was the one with the all the? It was um oh my god. Like like we we played one we played like Italian games like we played Scopa uh sometimes. We played so Scopa that, in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah yeah so we played Scopa sometimes or um no like what was risk, your bootleg? Risk? No your bootleg Uno. Oh, you talking about Phase a, 10? Phase 10. Phase 10 is not Bootleg Uno. Phase 10 is Phase 10, man. It's awesome. Nope. Bo- bootleg Uno. You ever <laughs> played Phase 10, Buff? Never heard of it till now. Exactly. No, nah, it, it goes. It goes hard, though. It definitely goes hard. Yeah. Phase 10, Scopa. I don't think I've ever played Scopa at your house. I think we played Scopa in Afghanistan. Did you? I'm a big Taboo fan. Taboo is good, but like we didn't do yeah. like those like... But, but you got to think we were younger, so we weren't doing like the traditional party games that you would think of now. So we weren't doing taboo and stuff or Pictionary, those types of things. So we did do um, Monopoly. We probably didn't bring it out for you because we knew those take longer. So we really only played Monopoly for like a um, Christmas break or something like that, where we're going to be in the house all day long because a Monopoly game might be six hours, seven hours. So but Risk, we play a good bit. We play... Um, like phase ten a lot and phase ten y'all a lot. And that that's that's probably our go to's for real, for real. And then like I said, when we knew that it was gonna be a long time or we had a long time, we throw Monopoly in there. Okay. Yeah, so we bought a couple of games, so I think <laughs> <laughs> I think Yo. we bought Oper- Operation. What's up? I just got a side preview of his uh earphones. Is that we bear bears? Um, I don't know. Hold on. 
Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> but the no. fact that you knew who that was. No, no hold, 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 first off, that is a lie cartoon. Hey, we better go hard. I'm gonna tell you that right now, dog. I hadn't watched it in a while, but Jasmine used to watch it. It's a brown bear, a polar bear, and a panda, I think. And they, it's funny, dog. <laughs> but why do you have those earphones on? They're Sophie's. Um, and, and truthfully, to- I don't, I don't have my real headphones that I left them at, um, at the office. And I, I'm you know, I haven't been back to the office no more. Right now. Yeah. I, I haven't, but I haven't been back to the office since, um, Jenica passed. So like, I just dropped everything and I left and they're there. I might have coffee that's been there for three weeks, truthfully. So if anybody, any of my coworkers, if y'all can just swing by my desk and just check for the coffee, <laughs> I appreciate that because it's probably like moldy and stuff right now and everything. I still <laughs> that's hilarious so I just thought about it so we bought a couple of board games and I realized as a kid like I hated we bought Operation which I really I was so tough on myself as a kid that there were certain games I couldn't play because the fact that it lets you know that you were that wrong so we got Operation and I still haven't played with my daughter who gives zero about the, the rules like her shit is constantly buzzing like it's just one one long buzz but I, i'm gonna go out i'm gonna be vulnerable there's one game i will still never play because it, it messes with my psyche to this day do you guys remember the game perfection oh man so it was i a got game. it yeah you yeah. pushed it down and you put all those little pieces in and it had the little timer on it and if you didn't put it all the time well, put them all in on time it popped out Man, I don't think I've ever finished a full round of perfection. I don't think like, anybody I always, has. Like, yeah, I, I think there's like a professional perfection like tournament or whatever that people be trying to do it, and they still haven't done it for for. No, what I mean is, I, I, I adjust the timer. Like, I won't let it go all the way through. I'm not saying I've never finished. I'm saying I'm like, nah, I can't finish. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, like, you just turn I it can't, off. I can't. I can't deal with it, man. That's too much pressure in my life. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, man. I just that was just my little thing. I, I thought about it. We were looking at games. I know my daughter probably would love it, but uh, daddy's going to need counseling on that one. So yeah. Oh, and have you tried uh, Pie Face yet? Nah, that sounds like something that will make a big mess. And it, it's not that bad. It's it's it um it has like it's it's a plastic hand on a lever, and you know you put a little whipped cream on the hand, and then it has like these things that you click, and so you roll a dice, it'll like click twice. You click it twice, click click it twice, click it once. And then at some point, the hand pops up and it like, you know, splats you in the face with a little bit of uh, whipped cream. So Splats who's in, who in the face? You or whoever, you know, ends up um like clicking it when it pops up. Nah, I'll pass. It's fun, man. So Too we much got pressure. that. Egged on. Sophie loves egged on. It's a, sounds, it's like a another, sounds like another messy game. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, it's, you put a little water in the eggs. They're plastic eggs and you just crack them. Um, I'm you good. Know, so you spin, you have to like smash it on your head. So it's just a little water, man. But it's fun. We'll stick with Sorry and Candyland. Damn these board <laughs> games. I might hook up the Nintendo. I still got my Tyson Punch Out, bro. What? So yeah, still got my Tyson Go Punch Out. I got Double Dragon, Ninja Gate. Is it Ninja Gate or Ninja Guy? That game cheats, by the way. But I got that, and so I might hook it up, man. Ask so yeah. let me hold a dollar. No. First said, let him hold a dollar. Huh? Can he have a dollar? Let me get a dollar. Tavares. Oh, yeah, no! <laughs> That's messed up, so. 
So sad. I work for that money. He wants to just borrow it. He should go get a job like I did. <laughs> Republican. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, that's crazy, man. You know, I think it was Ninja Gaiden. I can't really respect anybody, respect anybody that says Ninja Gaiden. I feel like they were just trying too much. They were putting on airs as the, they were putting on airs as the old folks says. I'm a YouTuber to see how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, we just we might not be friends after you started walking around like, yes, I'm professional Ninja Gaiden player. That, ga- that game cheated, by the way. So, and which Double Dragon are you talking about? I got Double Dragon one. I wish uh, I, had, I think I wish I wish I had two because two you could play together at the same time. I think it was three. I think three was a dope one, though. Deep. Which one can you do the helicopter kick? Two. Two. Yeah. Yeah, I two was see. a big one. If you still got a, work, a function yeah. in Nintendo, we just need to go get you Contra. Listen, but do you realize how Gangster Double Dragon was? Like, the beginning scene, they, like, punch his girlfriend in the gut. They <laughs> <laughs> pick her up and just carry her off. Like, they that about shit to was... gang rape or something, man. <laughs> that was legal back then, man. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's hilarious. And what was the age range? Five to to 12. It was like PG. (laughs) Like, not even PG. I don't even think they had an ESRB rating back then. It was just like, whatever. Play it or not. You got five year olds watching domestic violence. (laughs) Oh, man, that's hilarious. Well, fellas, we've we've pubbed a lot of games. We've pubbed a lot of video games and everything else. So, you know what time it is. Let's pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We're back. We're back. We're back. Rizzy, before we get started, I'm going to ask you, do you have anything special for us? Do you have us a joke? Yeah, man, I got a joke uh, this week. So I want to shout out. Is is it good? Uh, He thinks thinks all of them are good. I know, I know. So uh, what do you call a lesbian dinosaur? (laughs) Be careful. (laughs) (laughs) That shit is so funny itself. that the answer could only be a letdown. <laughs> so they're called a lickalotopus. <laughs> That's so horrible. That's so bad. It's so bad. That's so bad. Oh my god. Did you get those? Were you the kid that when the book club thing came, the bookmobile came? Did you buy the joke books? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I did. I definitely did. The thing about I could never remember any of them. <laughs> you, hey, it's 2020. That might be. Wow. You, you wow, that. that was a good one, man. That was a good one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the lesbians well, out there. I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, that's for y'all. <laughs> well, that joke, crazy enough, almost somewhat kind of sort of segment segues me into my question. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, wow, I'm trying to figure out how to pose this question respectfully without making too many assumptions or accusations. So we're all aware of the former mayor of Tallahassee, Andrew Gillum's 
troubles as he's going through right now. Um, I've known the dude for years, always been an upstanding young man. So regardless of whatever's going on, my, my heart goes out to him and his family and I hope they come through on top. So, but my issue lately has been with the backlash he's been receiving and not an issue, you know, people are entitled to their opinion, but you know, sometimes I look at what people are really upset about and it just, to me, shows that we can still be very narrow minded in 2020 and we're very biased and very judgmental. So my question to you guys is what are your thoughts on the whole matter so far? And more so the accurate, not the accusations themselves. Like we don't know what happened right now, but how the public is handling the accusations what people are angry about. And do you think there's kind of, there's a huge double standard due to a lot of the accusations being about his uh, his sexual preference? Absolutely. First off, let me just say, he picked a great time to have a scandal. If you're going to have a scandal, this is the best time to have one because it's nonstop coronavirus talk 24 seven. Like, We're talking about it now, but just think about national coverage. How much have you really heard about Andrew Gillum? I I mean, other than my Facebook post that I made, I haven't heard hardly anyone talk about it. So this is the best time to have a scandal. Now, the question you ask, is there a double standard? Hell yeah, because I mentioned my Facebook post. So I, I posted, I just pretty much said, Andrew Gillum did what? And I just left it at that. And people filled in with comments. We had a little fun with it or whatever, but it was kind of like, man, he got messed up. Was he on meth? Was he not on meth? This, that, and other. That's all it was at. And then about a week or so later, the rumors about he may or may not be gay surfaced. And I got to tell you, the reaction to the initial scandal of him just maybe doing meth or getting too drunk, the reaction was vastly different versus, oh, he might be gay. Like it was way more accepting for a lot of people that, you know, he may have dabbled in some drugs or whatever. Once they found out he was gay, it was so many, Oh, he done. He's done. He finished. I can't believe he did that. Like it, like the visceral was much worse when it was alleged that he may be gay. So yeah, it's a double standard. Look, listen, you saw it in the Republican party about what was it, about 10 years ago, Senator Larry Craig, former Senator Larry mm-hmm. Craig, uh, for those that don't remember, he's the guy that was in the Minnesota bathroom that uh, did the, the foot the, tap. The foot tap, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, this Republican Party will accept a lot of things, but him possibly being gay, Trent Lott was like, this is unforgivable. Unforgivable? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you literally had former members that had, like, underage sex allegations, rape allegations, racism allegations, but that was unforgivable. So, Yes, there is. Or a presidential thing. nominee that grabs some. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah that I mean, too. Yeah, that, that, but, that, that, that's, but that's not unforgivable. We can look the other way on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, if Trump had to say, if Trump had a, it on that same bus, if Trump had to say, you know, every once in a while, I like to poke men in the They wouldn't support that. They would have nope. said he needs to oh, step aside, mm-hmm. yeah, step down, let John Kasich or Marco Rubio have a nomination. But that that's where we are. So it's 2020. And while we still like we kind of accept homosexuality, 
uh, in the grand scheme of things, it's still a long ways off on how we treat them and our reaction to any type of homosexual allegation. Yeah, that that's it. Like you said, I mean, it's we'll accept them as long as they're over there. That's that's how society really is. It's you can be gay over there, but no, you can't be in front of us. You know, we, we had this conversation about uh, Mayor Pete. You know what I mean? It, it, it's one of those things that we aren't going to accept them on the grand stage. Um, you know, they, they can't get too far out there in front um, for some reason. And we, we've got to figure out a way to get around that. And, and I definitely was kind of mad at the, that big shift, you know, and it really is because in the, especially in the black community, if, if you have dabbled in being gay, you're gay forever. Like there's no, Hey, I tried it one time. And I think that's really why, you know, with drugs, Hey, he had a bad night. Somebody might have slipped him something, you know, that type of thing. But if you say he's gay, he's gay. And that that's a forever label, not a single night of debauchery that, you know, maybe he he didn't even know there was some meth in there or something like that. So I, I think that's really where the black community comes from. It's just a place of we're not ready to accept that yet. And we we need to be because, like you said, it's 2020. We got to get past that. I mean, you know, I was having a conversation with my mom while she was here and, you know, we had the conversation about gayness. Uh, I think we're, I don't know if y'all were there Um, that one, one of those nights that you, you guys were still here. But, you know, I was like, there's no sin greater than the other. So when you go into a church and you say, oh, you're, the gay people can't be in here or whatever, but then you don't say anything about the adulterers need to get out. You don't say anything about, mm-hmm. you know, the gamblers need to get out, you know. So, you know, for all the churches and all these folks that are saying that, oh, we can't accept these people uh, because of I, I don't want to use the word lifestyle because, you know, we we talked about that. But because of how they live um, and, and who they choose to love, you can't accept them. But then you can accept somebody for any other sin that they're doing. And so we've got to get past that, man. I mean, I for me, I really don't care if he's gay or not. You know, Andrew Gillum, if you're gay, you're gay. If you're not, you're not. Oh, well. But the thing about it is, I, I think what what he has to do to be able to get back in front of the narrative is own it and and just say what it is, you know, and because you can't control a narrative when you're trying to spin it. When you yes. when you're constantly trying to kind of, oh, uh, oh, this came out. I mean, you, you see that with Trump, you know, right? It's. I'm going to deny, deny, deny till I can't deny no more. And then I'm just going to spend just a little bit more. Um, I'm going to let up a little bit. So hold on, what's up, man? That's that single dad life right there. Uh, single dad life. Now, for everybody <laughs> with the conference calls, now y'all understand. <laughs> You're in the middle of a presentation and the kid comes in saying, I'm hungry. After I just gave hey. him pizza, I burned my finger up to give him a pizza. <laughs> the pizza must wasn't big enough there, homie. So we're going to introduce our newest co-host <laughs> on the next show, Sophie and Ollie, because they're part of the show now. She got a bonnet on. That's he. <laughs> that's, a that's, he. that's his bonnet. That's the heat. <laughs> you said Sophie. No, that's no Sophie and I, I said Sophie and Ollie. Oh, oh man. Oh. But him got him hair his him hair done this weekend. I'm daddy. Huh? We, we're gonna be um Ollie's theme song. I do. The last uh, Tell Sophie to go uh, downstairs and get the rest of that pizza that you left downstairs. You go. You guys go together, because I know y'all okay. scared. A whole piece, okay. You can't eat it all. That's what happened. I, I was gonna say you ain't fixing a big enough pizza. 
Oh, you, you know can eat a whole Totino's though. They can eat a whole pizza. Once you again, Totino's you, is not really pizza. You remember where you was at in your thought? Nope, not at all. What do you say for? Ah, shit. Pause here. You were talking about um. We talked about Mayor Pete. We talked about your mom. No sin greater than the other. Um, you don't throw out the gamblers. You don't throw out the. I can start from there. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you you don't. We don't throw out any other sinners out of the uh, out of the church. So my thing is, what we need to do is we need to accept these folks for even if you do feel like it's a sin, you need to welcome them in and say, hey, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. But you're still my brother. I still love you. I still want the best for you. You're still an equal to me. And I think that's what it is. We're trying to make them feel less than. And so, you know, he needs to. Oh, that's what I was talking about. I was talking about Trump uh, and how he can't. He'll give just an inch off of his okay. life. Yeah. And and when the media catches him in it, he'll give just an inch more, just enough, but he won't just get out in front. And that's why he can't control the narrative right now. And he, he tries to do the whole fake news media uh, to get around it. I mean, so Andrew Gillum's going to have to just come out and say what it is and be done with it and then stick to his narrative after that and stick to his script. Yeah. Well, I think my take on it is just being a little closer to the source and being a FAMU and him being a FAMU alum as well, I hear I hear it more. I see it on my thread more. And like you said in the beginning, Buff, when it was just the the drug, potential drug issues, people had a lot to say because they held it, they put this guy on a pedestal or held him to a, a higher standard. But when it was his sexuality came into play. It became an issue, but this is where I kind of got an issue with it. Not even an issue with it is I think a lot of people hid behind their disdain for his sexuality and made it about him cheating on his wife with another man. Okay. So that became the bigger issue. So it's not just cheating. It's cheating with another a man. And my thing is, Cheating is wrong regardless. I, I, I got into it with somebody and not even got into it. I just kind of ended the conversation because I felt like it wasn't the time or place where we were talking uh, via like social media and it wasn't, you know, we can really articulate our thoughts properly. But for me, it's cheating is cheating. But then I end up having a, a, a very quick conversation with a friend of mine who is um, actually gay. And some of the things they said or just mentioned kind of changed my ideas on all of it, you know? And so I'm going to start by asking you guys this question, Rosie, do you feel like you get to live your truth every day? Other than having a code switch, but generally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, buff? Yes. Yeah. So think about you having to code switch your whole life. So that that's the issue. Like some of us struggle daily with having to code switch. Like, we can't be Buff and Rozzy or Ferg on our job because we know that's unacceptable. And we can still be just as effective. It's not going to make you any dumber, any less qualified, anything like that. It's just you have to play the game. So for somebody like Andrew, if the rumors about his sexuality are true, having to have to code switch or in 
the lack of better terms, Byron, you were talking about a lifestyle where now you have to choose a lifestyle, literally, because it's not realistic. So they're saying this person has to live this lie forever. And so they brought that up and it's like, so many times or oftentimes drugs are introduced to lower your inhibition because you want to be this person. You want to be this upstanding, loving husband that is faithful to his wife, um, that doesn't have these homosexual tendencies or whatever the case may be. That is the picture of fatherhood, the picture of manhood. He's bringing his his people up by by uh, being an example and stuff like that. But it's still fake. You don't get to be you. So, you know, if if you ever get caught or if you you know what you, quote unquote, should be doing. So to. Be free enough to be who you want to be, because think about it, we've all been drunk and we feel freer when we drunk We're drunk and we talk a little more shit. You know, you 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 might grab your lady a little more like you do all those things. You're a little more freer than you usually are. So and that's just to kind of get loose, maybe to go to the club. We're talking about loose enough to say, man, I'm about to make some decisions that, you know, could harm my whole family, that could change my life. I don't want to do this. And I don't know what's going on in his mind. I don't I'm not saying that was what happened. But when they brought that up, it's like sometimes you have to get in this inebriated state and take yourself to another level to to be your true self. And it's like, man, that's a lot to handle just to be your true self. If he once again, if the rumors are true about his sexuality, could do everything he wanted to do and be gay or bisexual or whatever his sexual sexual preference is, not have to marry, maybe marry, maybe marry a man, adopt kids, still be that family, that family figure. Would he be as far as he is? career-wise before the scandal. And that's the thing, like you have to, you or he or other people in that community have to kind of live that lie before, because once again, like you were saying, it's accepted by their parents, accepted by the church, accepted by the the community as a whole. It's a lot to swallow. And I mean, it's almost unfair to say, hey, to be successful or to live the life you want to live, you can't live your true freedom. And so I kind of feel for him and other people in his situation. And it's harder to judge because none of it, like you said, I'm not calling it a sin per se, as far as homosexuality, but it's not be able to live your truth because your truth will limit where you can go. And I mean, the bar is really low. Would he have been the mayor of Tallahassee? Probably not. Would he have been able to uh, the, the, the governor? I mean, a gubernatorial candidate? Maybe not because people didn't or maybe he could, but it's safer this way. It, it, it's definitely like, safer. But, you know, I that's I've had qualms about that argument ever since, you know, the, the late 90s, 2000s, when the undercover brother stuff started coming out and everybody was talking about that. My thing is, you made that choice. You live with that choice. If you're married, like I, there is no excuse for cheating and in your that, relationship and i that, say that period, I say that. point blank period like and so my thing is either you have that discussion with your wife that hey i'm i'm bi or i'm straight out gay and this is a marriage of convenience and yada 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 and y'all are cool with it and y'all had an understanding or you suck it up and you stay true to your wife until you actually uh divorce and you go be with somebody else 
Like th- those are my choices. I-, I don't care if you cheated with a female or a male, you cheated. I agree with that. And so point blank period. And and so that argument, I understand what they're saying about where you, you know, using the alcohol, using the drugs to get to where you can feel free and, and, and be yourself and yada, yada, yada. But do that while you're single. Do that while you're not married. Like if you choose to go into this relationship and, and that's what like once you are in a committed relationship, once you're in that committed relationship, you're you're there. And and so now, you know, this is this is 39 year old me talking right now, you know, 25 year old, 26 year old me in a in a relationship might have been different, (laughs) you know, Uh, but like especially coming out of like the happiest, most joyous relationship in in my existence and that I really just have ever seen in me and my wife, like to think that that wasn't in forefront of both of our minds that I'm going to be true to you. I'm going to share my all with you. I'm going to be my genuine self with you and whatever that is, we're going to be with it. You know, I mean, when we talked about that on one night trance, the episode on one night trance is like, you know, I, at some point you got to tell me what's the real before I choose to go forward into this relationship. And that True. needs to happen. So guys, if you have those tendencies, ladies, if you have those tendencies, you need to let your, your, whoever you're in a relationship with know that before y'all to go down that aisle and everything like that and let them make that choice. And then you need to actually think to yourself, are you really ready to make that commitment uh, and, and stay true to it? But I think even when you take sexuality out of it, most people don't know what they're getting into a marriage. That's why hell half the marriages in the world fail more than half. So to put that at a higher standard, not because of the sexuality, but it's like you can go in with the best of intentions. You know, I think, I think the average person goes in to marriage with the best of intentions. It's okay. I'm gonna try to make this work. You know, I'm gonna be a one, one woman guy or whatever the case may be, or, you know, I'm a, leave my my mean streak behind or all that stuff and then you know the honeymoon phase wears off and you realize that you know i I, i'm i'm not ready or i'm not disciplined enough to be faithful or i'm too argumentative like i gotta get my point across it's not about uh what works for us it's about me winning you know those are reason marriages don't work you know Mm -hmm. i don't see this as as any I don't see this any different as far as right or wrong to me. And I'm all I've always said this. I don't excuse cheating. I can understand it. I can understand where this person might be coming from, but I don't excuse it. Right Mm -hmm. is right. Wrong is wrong. But I'm not going to be judgmental. Like I'll say, I'll never I'll never condone cheating, but I'll never judge you for it. Like, I'm not going to just, you know, like be your your wingman. I'm not going to like, dog, you're you're a sorry ass dude. I'm going to talk to you about it. But I'm not going to judge you for it. So, right. Byron, you know, Buff, I know you got something to say. Me and Rise have been going back and forth. Well, I agree with some what Raziel said, and I disagree with something he said. First off, Gillum absolutely has to be honest if he wants to put this behind him. And it's probably difficult for him. But if you're gay, you're going to have to come out and say it because the whole I was in Miami for a wedding, like, I don't even think anybody has even confirmed a wedding that he went to. And then you usually go to a wedding with your family. So the math isn't adding up. Maybe Mm -hmm. he's not, but I'm just saying the math ain't adding up. So if you are, you need to go ahead and come out. I think the majority of people understand because that is something that people still struggle with. Now, 
when you said, you know, I don't excuse it if he had slept with a woman or if he slept with a man, it's still wrong. And you are correcting that. But I can't like I could put myself in a situation in a position to say, hey, you're wrong for cheating on your wife with another woman. I can put myself in a position to say that. But if you are someone that has been gay all your life and has tried to hide it all your life and do everything you possibly could think of to try and hide it and probably at a certain point thought you had fixed that problem. Hey, I'm no longer gay. I've married this beautiful woman. I have kids now. I'm a mayor of a city. I'm running for governor. He probably thought he beat it. And then to have that urge come back up or whatever and not be able to defeat it. I can't speak to that. You know, I'm not I'm not gay. I don't have those tendencies. I can't speak to how strong that urge is. So I don't want to just outright dismiss and say, hey, you shouldn't cheat on your wife if if you're really gay. Like that's a struggle that I can't yeah. bring myself to understand. And that's, that's yeah, the only thing I, I slightly disagree with him on. Because I think, I mean, it's, and maybe the urge is, and I agree with you, like, I don't know, I've never been there, but I wouldn't think the urge is any different. You know, if you're sexually attracted to somebody, you know, it's, it's like. But, but but you've never had to hide the fact that you like women. And, you know and that's, like he, he's probably had to hide the fact that he likes men. Yeah, so and so, it's, it's and so it might even be tougher. Like you can't you can't be yourself like we can. The three of us can go to Vegas this weekend and you know, go flirt and talk, shoot the shit, still like, OK, I'm married. I ain't doing this. But, you know, it's still you're you're always going to be as long as you're living, you're always going to be attracted to what you're attracted to. Now, how you react to it is how you react to it. But Rizzi, to your point, like you said, 25 year old Rizzi could do, you know, might have been a little different. But both of us got married later in the game. So part mm-hmm. of the reason I can be the person I'm, I am is because I had a very healthy life before my wife. You know, I had fun. I was able to date. I was able to be myself. And if you never get to truly do that, maybe maybe let's say not, not just Andrew, any guy like that, maybe got to be free. Five percent of the time when they were out of town or whatever the case may be, you know, they never truly got to experience the fullness of life, the fullness of dating, the full of this. So even like when I go out now and I'm a, I see somebody attractive, like it's easier for me to curve that craving or whatever it may be or that urge because I've, 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 I've lived a full life. I had fun. No woman is worth breaking my wife's trust, all that good stuff. But when you've been hiding and neglecting part of yourself your whole life, that that urge, it might, you know, I know you said you never experienced that urge. The, the urge might be even stronger because you never got to quench, quench your thirst. I, I mean, I get term, it. So. I, I, I get it. And, and I'm not saying it's not there. Mm-hmm. I, what I'm saying is that you, you, like you said, you control how you react. And, and so I'm not, I'm, just like you said, I'm not judging. What I'm saying is I can't excuse it. I'm not going to sit here. I don't look at them differently. You know, it, it's I, whether they went with a man or a woman, they cheated in my mind. Oh, no, yeah, period, I agree, I agree, they cheated. I and so that's all I'm, I'm, I'm full stop there. And so whether it was a male or female they cheated with, I'm, I'm like, look, that you, you did wrong. And if it was my homeboy and they cheated or whatever, like you said, I'm, I'm probably not going to go tell. We are, we had that conversation already, but I am going to talk to him and be like, you know, Hey man, you know, that ain't right. Like, so I think the general, I think my thing is a general public made it more so about 
he cheated on her with a man. And it made me think like, what? then I looked at all the factors like, man, it's not that he just cheated. So to say, you know, speculations with, you know, cheated. He cheated with a man. Then he was caught in a hotel with drugs and escorts. Like it took a lot. Like you, if, if it's a setup, it's a setup. But if it's not, it's like there were so many things he had to do or it had to be done to try to form this this scenario to, you know, to hide it or whatever the case may be. Or, you know, that the average guy would never have, you know, not the average guy, the average heterosexual guy would never have to kind of do to to have the same outcome, you know, to, you know, go out and just trick out. So. We spent a lot of time on that question, fellas. It was a very <laughs> weird question. We uh, I just, like I said, I guess because I, I went to FAMU and I just hear so many people and just other other groups, just like man, that da da da, and like they 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 are they are angry. I'm like, dude, you mad at this dude for cheating on his, your wife, but your homeboy over there cheating on his wife right now, like, and you have no problem with it, like, well, no, because that's that's a that's a dude. He cheated with a dude. I'm like. Yeah, but he cheated. I get it. So you telling me ain't no different? No, no, just wrong was wrong. But then I just start looking at other issues like it might be not more tempting, but it's like when opportunity presents itself because you're fighting so much, you've been fighting for so long. When you break, you break. So mm-hmm. on to the next question. What you got for us, fellas? Um, you want to take it? Yeah, I, I think this will be a quick question. My question for you guys is what is your biggest flaw? I I think my biggest flaw is I'm naive. Uh, you know, it, you guys know I I'm we we talk about me not having common sense and things Third like that. Not in approval. <laughs> <laughs> the big affirmative, yeah. It, it's it's one of those things, man. I I look for the good in people, and I yes, assume good in people, and so. It's easy for me to overlook things a little too long. You know, I'll, I'll stop it. You're you're probably not going to get over on me. But at the same time, I think I do let things ride a little bit longer than I should just because I'm I'm looking for that good. or I'm thinking, oh, they're 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 coming from a place that they're trying to help. And I'll let it ride, let it ride until I'm like, nah, they ain't trying to help. OK, let me put a stop to it. And so that's that's really probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, it's I'll say I'm too tough on myself. Like I don't strive for perfection by any means. Like it's just not, you know, but it's the things that I I, I dream of, the things I want for myself and my family, kind of going back to the conversation last week about like leaving and building a legacy like I I overthink them. I'm like, okay, if I if this doesn't work, it's man, I've lost this amount of money or I've lost this opportunity or whatever the case may be. And if I don't do it, it's not gonna get done. It's like if I can be the person that creates this, that starts this legacy for myself and my wife and my kids and you know, generations to come, it started here. That that's what I want to do, and so when I don't do those things, or when I set my set out set myself on a goal, and I struggle with those things, I'm beating myself up because I'm overthinking it. And Rise, you you've heard me a thousand times. Like I'll present a 
my financial scenario, I look at it 20 different types of ways because I'm like, and it has me scared to pull the trigger on some stuff just mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, if you make the wrong decision, this is how this will come out. Um, I think that and another one is just I'm impatient. Like I know some are, we've had a, a listener or a, one of our followers says I have the patience of Buddha to a certain extent because most stuff doesn't bother me enough or I, or better yet, just being honest, I, I, mean, I don't care enough. So but. Like the stuff that um that I care about or I just don't see how you don't see the answer is like, OK, we're supposed to leave at four o'clock. You know, we were in the military. It'll be like people want to do stuff the last minute. Like you want to go like, you know, we were supposed to leave at four and you want to do this, 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 this and this. Or, you know, even working, talking to my customers going through this coronavirus thing. like, I don't see how you don't see why this is an issue or why I can't do this for you. You know, um, like I had a customer today. I, for those who don't know, I work for a company and I sell soap and sanitizer to hospitals and I have these facilities calling me, asking me for free samples. And I'm like, do you realize there's a pandemic going on and soap and sanitizer is probably, probably more precious than gold right now. And people are struggling to get this and sell it. And you just want me to give it to you for free. <laughs> um, and you're frustrated with me because I'm not willing to do this. And I'm just like, I, I lose patience. I'm like, I'm over it. It's like, uh, please, please see last email. You know, um, per, per my last email. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then I had, to, I had to delete and go back and be like, unfortunately, you know, due to the current situation with the, the current pandemic with the COVID 19 crisis, we're unable to, we had to make some company changes. And it's like, basically, it's like, we can't give you this. You know, that's what I want to say in my mind. So I just get impatient. Like, uh, I get annoyed very easily. Like, I just, You've seen it, Rosie. You see me, mm-hmm. you know, on dating, you know, just like, uh oh, I see that looking for his eyes. He's over yeah. it. He's over it. He's over. All right, he's over her. <laughs> yeah. You can literally you can literally tell you could literally tell when I was over a chick. I'm just in there like, okay, okay. Oh, okay. You know, it was it was it was bad. So those are my things. Definitely impatient and no I get annoyed easily and I'm too hard on myself. What about you, Buff? You're just too yeah. damn nice. <laughs> so I'm going to name these three that I feel like I have worked on and that are no longer problems of mine, but I want to name them just in case the people that I know hear them and be like, you working on that? You work a little harder because you Tab, listen up. So I want to put those out there. And then I'll name the one that I think I have. One I used to think I had was bad temper. I had a very, very bad temper. I feel like I've worked on it probably to my detriment, which I'll get into when I name my last issue. But I used to have a bad temper. Uh, I've mentioned this before, my procrastination. Uh, I put things off too much. I, I do get a lot of things done. I don't want people to think I'm some lazy slob. I do get things done. But as I mentioned with like extracurricular stuff, like writing a movie or a book or finishing a book that I'm read. I tend to procrastinate on that kind of stuff like that. And um, also, I forgot my third one that fast. I'll come back to that one. But right now, I think I am too 
extreme one way or the other. So I mentioned I used to have a bad temper. So now I feel like I try to let stuff slide when I shouldn't, but I worry about I may go overboard if I address it. So I just let it go all together instead of instead of finding like a happy medium. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So mm-hmm. I think I, I either let stuff go that I shouldn't or go all in when I shouldn't instead of finding like, I don't know, like a, a, a good safe spot to where I can address stuff without going overboard. So I'm trying to work on that. And I just started my third one, too, trying to be a better listener, because I know when I use, I love to debate. And I had this tendency to where I, where I would debate people and I'm so ready to get my point across that I would either cut them off or not even listen to what they say because I want to get what I got to say out there. And so, Riza, you mentioned the discussion we had at your house while we were there for uh, for for Jen, and I brought up religion. And I don't know how much you were paying attention because it was mostly me, your mom, Sherman, and Erica, and another guy. But I was actually I was proud of myself because I was actually listening to what they said. And for those that don't know, we were like debating different stories in the Bible and different controversies and religion and stuff. But I actually listened to what they said. It was kind of like me against everybody else. So (laughs) trying to be a better listener. But right now, I think my biggest issue is just trying to not be extreme one way or the other, you know, so that's what I got. So, so Buff mentioned he's working on things. What about you, Raz? Are you working on any of that? Or can you work on being vulnerable? I mean, I'm, I mean, uh, naive. Uh, naive. That one's hard. I, I, I try, but um, I, it's just I am. I'm too trusting. I think one thing that I am trying to work on is I think caring more because especially since I got back off my last deployment with the PTSD, I, I call it like zombie through the day, like just not caring about anything. And so, uh, you know, Ferg, you, you've said it a couple of times and it kind of stuck with me and it's really how I feel. It's like 95% of stuff I just do not care about. And then the 5% I do care about, there is no debating. It's like, it's going my way regardless. That's how I am. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to care more about the small things so that I, I pay attention to it. I engage about it and everything. So, um, you know, even when we were, uh, well, you guys weren't there. We, we had pretty much gotten the, um, the funeral arrangements made by the time you made, you showed up. But like, there were certain things they were asking me and I was just like, I just don't care. Like, I, I, whatever, whatever you guys decide, I don't care because it was, it was minutia to me. And so that's my thing is I, I think I got to worry about the minutia. I got to worry about the rose, stop and smell the roses is really what it is. Cause I always, I think about the big stuff and I'm like, as long as that's taken care of. I'm good. And that, that was the other part about Jenica. She took care of the minutiae. Like she would fill in all those little gaps and everything. And the things that I felt like I just really didn't care about. She was really big on, like I talked about taking pictures and that making the house be a home and, and, you know, making the kids, you know, have a great birthday and, and things like that, where I'm just like, yeah, you're, you're older, no big deal. And, and, and truthfully, that was because kind of growing up, we talked about not having a whole lot of birthday parties and stuff like that. Like growing up, we just didn't worry about it. And so I was never a gifter. And so, you know, those types of things. And now I, I gotta make sure that I'm doing that. And so that's what I'm, I, I know I gotta work on. I, I was trying to work on it before, but now I know I have to work on it. Well, that, that reminds me of my third, I guess would be very similar. 
I'm trying to figure out how to put it. I'm not passionate enough about things. Yeah. Like I, if you ask me, like if Byron comes on here, yes. Like who's your favorite rapper? I'm not even just on small things. Like who's your favorite rapper? Like, I really don't have a lot of favorite things. Like mm-hmm. it's just like I can't I can't tell you favorite movie, favorite uh, it's, it's, like, it's, book I'm or anything. I'm not yeah. that passionate, but like like my family. Like there's certain things I love. Though. Like I love my family. I love, but like to show that I'm trying to do better at showing that passion. Like I commend you on that, Riza. You say you know you know uh, you don't show a lot of things. You were very passionate about the way you talked about Jenica, and you continue to talk about Jenica. You know. For those that know truly know me, they know how I feel about Zabrina. Like Zabrina's like the best thing that ever happened to me. I put, you know, we were talking about this on the show. Like I put my wife before I put my kids. You know, like that's just how I am. Um, best decision ever made in my life. And I'm trying to work on being the me that I want to be. Like in my heart of hearts, I'm this passionate, affectionate guy, and I'm like, okay, which. When I get off, like right now, I'm like, okay, you know what I'm talking about? I love, I'm going to go down and hug her. And I probably won't just because that's just me. Like it's, I say it and I believe it. And then I just don't do it. Cause it's just like, by the time it happens, like, oh, okay, I'm over it. You know, it'll be so many little different things. The things I care about, I try to do. Um, but it's made me a, a jack of many trades, but a master of none. That's kind of how I am with life is like, I can do a lot of things really good. I'm just like, I'm not that. You know, what is your talent? It's like, oh, I really don't have talent because I really just never gave enough about something that I just got that good about it, you know? Like rising finance, that's your thing. You know, I'm I'm great at sales, you know, just because I'm a people's person and I, I've studied art, but it's not my passion. You know, if I won the lotto today, I wouldn't, you know, remain in sales. You know, right. I feel like you would stay you would stay you would stay in well now you're in HR and stuff like that, but I don't know. So I think I'm, and I said it before, I'm going to try to work on those things and find my, I don't know what my passion is, man. You guys know yours? I mean, that's a, that's a question for another day. Boxing, I think politics, like you, you have some things that I'm like, you know what? I really, that's why, I, that's part of the reason I put you guys on the show. When I thought it was like, there's things I want to talk about. I'm, I'm, I think I'm passionate and I'm passionate about, I guess, theoretical things like I'm passionate about growth of the black community and stuff like that. Nothing that's tangible. You can put your you know, your finger like Byron, you went became a, a you're a boxing official like you, you went yeah. and did your thing like me. I can't like, OK, what can I do today to save the black race? Like I, there's <laughs> nothing I can put, you know, I do this show or we do this show because I want to talk to our people. I want to let people hear the thoughts of young black men. I guess are we still young? No, no, we're middle, we're middle age. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, Buff, it's on you, man. No, who's on? It's on. It's on me. It's on, it's on me. On, it's on yeah. yeah, we bear bears. We bear bears. <laughs> so uh, I, it's three I think bears? I'll round it out. Yeah, yeah, it's three bears on there. This one only has one. I think it's the panda on this one. Um, yeah. it's it's Which the one she you, picked. Buff? So, but um, all right. So mine. I read Michelle Obama's book when it first came out and, you know, awesome Byron book. don't even have it up in another room right now, but um, it made me kind of think about it in there. She was like, you know, she didn't feel like she was ready for the big table, but then when she got around the big table, 
She saw that there was a lot of inadequate folks at the big table and on the big stage. And so, you know, that feeling of inadequacy and that you're not good enough. But then when you get there, you're like, oh, I'm definitely good enough. Um, I'm, I'm beyond good enough. And so in, in my job, and and growing up, you guys, we've we've talked about, you know, I a lot of times I was one of the smartest kids in the in the class and those types of things. And, you know, even going into the the workplace, knowing that I knew more than my counterparts a lot of times. Um, even in sales, when I was a branch manager, I'm like, look, I can do a lot of this stuff and I can talk a lot of this stuff beyond just the the operations of the branch and just making it happen on on some sales calls. So my question to you guys is, do you ever like dim your knowledge or smartness or whatever to fit in or to kind of play the political game in advance? Wow. Damn. That's a tough question. Um, It's kind of a code switching ish question, but a little bit different. I, I, I can answer it. But I don't want to offend anybody. (laughs) So I'll just say this. I have been around people that I know and love that may want it. Like Ferg said, my passion is politics or boxing. They may bring up something that I'm passionate about and give their opinion on it. And I kind of have to like hold back it in a nice way, say, oh, I, I can see why you think that. Yeah, yeah. So, yes. But as far as like in a professional business setting, no, I mean, I work I work with, you know, members of Congress. And, and while I probably do know better than some of them, I can't very well let them know that. So, um, so the answer is yes. Like, yeah, you, yeah, have to right. deal, <laughs> you have to deal that expertise. <laughs> you're right. Because I got a couple, I'm telling you, man, I, I have a great rapport with quite a few Republican senators. And every every once in a while, because they usually don't do this, they usually don't talk politics with us. Every once in a while, they'll throw like, yeah, man, I can't believe the Democrats want to do that. And I'll be wanting to say, it makes a lot of damn sense. <laughs> I just laugh it off and keep walking because I can't say that. So, that's, a, that's hilarious. Yes. Yes. That's your question. Well, for me, I've had, I've, I've done it and I try not to do it as much. So in one of my former jobs, uh, when I worked for the rental car company, because after when I started there, I had to take a step back. You know, I was 30 about 30 when I started with them. Some of the managers were a lot younger than me and, you know, hadn't had the experience that I had. I think being in the military, being around so many professionals, having to make grown and developmental decisions so early helped me mature, especially when it came to leading, managing, and looking at stuff from a very operational side and and then I'm very analytical. So some stuff, like I said earlier, is just like I get annoyed and I just get it. And I've often been told that I'm intimidating just because I'm pretty confident and stuff like that. I've literally had people tell me you need to kind of, like literally you probably want to dim your light down just because these people are scared. Um, so when I was with them, it was kind of like I would have to play that role. Like and even one of my um Profites, one of my older frat brothers who worked for the same company, kind of told me like, "Never play dummy, 
but never put all your cards on the table, you know, um, because, you know, save it, for, save it for your branch, save it for when you have your own branch, save it for when you we needed the lead, when you're the leader. So I had to do that quite often. You know, it's certain people I'm sitting there like, my God, if you just let me like. I had to. The way I did it, and it was still me being analytical and smarter than it was, I had to learn how to manage my manager. So I had to make them build them up, make them feel like they were so bright by allowing me to give you an idea, plant this idea in your head that you can take back to upper management that we can bring back and all this stuff. And you brought it and executed and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it was my plan. And like, now we're doing it and now their success, but in the world I live in today in sales, and I guess I'm more aware of what's going on. And I, and I feel like I have to represent for our people. I support everything black. Nah, man, like in my world, I'm, the, I'm all that we got. Like mm-hmm. for my company, I am the only black person in our healthcare sales division. And so I up my game, you know, they literally, we go, we'll go to training sessions and it's like, well, Tavares, we're going to help. We're going to, we're going to need you to help us with this training. Can you give us, what are your thoughts on this? And like, I didn't prepare, prepare for all this, but since you asked, you know, and then, then, you know, then I'll challenge them. I've challenged it. I've challenged our GM. I've challenged my manager. I've challenged I've challenged a trainer just because I'm like, mm, I don't think that works that way. Uh, I'm also, I try to be better dressed because I can't play. If I'm going to be the only one of us in the room, I have to be, I'm going to get noticed and I got to get noticed for the right reason. Mm-hmm. You know? So it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a game. And now I try not to dim my light because I'm talking to, and I'm talking to medical, especially now I'm talking to medical professionals. I'm walking in a hospital, talking to CMOs, CNOs, you know, infection control nurses, whatever the case may be, I have to step my game up as a, I guess now a middle-aged black man walking in these buildings, talking to these medical professionals. They already have in the great state of Texas and Oklahoma and Kansas, they already have their impression of who I might be. So I have to nip that in the bud really quick. So I try to shine. Yeah. You know, for me, it's, it's situational. Um, it, it, I I do have to shine, but I am in that right at the upper management level where I can't outshine that upper management level. Like I'm I'm right there below them, and if I want to make it into those in that rung, and and if I want to become one of them, I can't outshine them. So like you talked about managing your manager and dropping that idea in there so that they can run with it and letting them take it and letting them own it and, and getting it. And then having that actual conversation of, all right, I need a feather too, though, you know, and, and saying, <laughs> you know, I, I'll give you all the ideas and I'm going to make you look good. And, and, and that's cool. I want you to lift as you climb. And, you know, when you get that promotion, I should be coming right behind you. But I need that feather. I need you to be putting me on there as a co-author on some, you know, presentation. I need to be at least speaking a little bit in that uh, meeting uh, and and presenting so that that upper management and that that group sees me. Uh, so you have to know when to shine and when to dim that light and, and play that political game. So, yes, I, I do it, but I do it strategically now. Uh, when I was younger, like I talked about in that branch life, I would do it 
especially when I was an FSA, I was a platform rep and I had branch managers that like you talked about, I had so much more people leader experience than them coming from the military. And I was like, I was basically running branches for my branch manager sometimes because I had better people leader experience and, and better ability than they could to run the branch from a personnel standpoint, maybe not from the sales standpoint. I didn't know the sales techniques as, as well as them sometimes. Sometimes I did, but for the most part, they knew that sales, because that's what happens a lot of time in any sales job. They promote the best salesperson, not the best manager into the management positions. Yep. And so what was happening was we had really bad people managers that were good at sales. And so I had to kind of dim that light and run the branch from the back in, in the shadows. And then, um, like you said, save it for when I became a branch manager and so that I can actually do my branch stuff. But man, like I'm telling you, it is a strategic game to like shining and dimming and, and knowing when to do either. Um, so folks out there, I just want y'all to know, man, like have, we, we talked about having a coach and having a mentor, talk to them about that and, and, and know how to navigate it because it can, it can really mess you up if you outshine those folks. But at the same time, if you never shine, you're never going to get looked at. So it's, it goes back to, and I can't remember which ones it were, it goes back to the 48 laws of power. You know, they're, they're there for a reason. I'm, I'm pretty sure both of you guys either are familiar with or have read the book. It's it's what's crazy is the first time I read, it, I was real young and I'm like, what? But they just said not to do this. So it's all about balance. It's about the duality of it. So every rule had a counter rule. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, you know, never shine too bright to outshine the manager, but also let them know you're there. You know, so it was one of those things where you have to show your your balance. Like with um, my former company. My goal was to be good enough or great. So whenever you got promoted. Like you said, I want you to bring bring you with me. So my first job as assistant manager was with a branch because this guy loved me when I was a, a TSM or whatever it was, a management trainee. When I became a branch manager at my last branch, which was my biggest branch, he pretty much tapped me on the shoulders like, hey, I need you to come over here. I know what you did as assistant manager when you were working with me. Now I'm an area manager. Nobody can manage this branch. I had the Fair Eastside High branch of uh, Houston, Texas. And basically, he asked me to manage it. And that was my gateway to getting to area manager. If I would have stayed, nobody could turn that branch around. And because he knew I, what I was good at and the things I was telling him when I was an assistant manager, I was able to turn that branch around and win uh, awards that branch and never won or never even came close to winning ever. And so last, my last month, there at that branch, I, I walked off into the sunset, like as a number one branch manager in the in the Houston region. And they were like, you're quitting on top. Like, yeah, I'm out. That's, that's, that's how you do it. But it was it's funny uh, when I was going through my NBA, uh, I've heard it. And I think I've heard you say it before, too, Ferg. But uh, one of my professors, he he talked about everybody thinks it's all about who you know, who you know, who you know. It's, like, no, who it's, it's who knows you. Right. So you have to shine just enough that people know you. So that when those positions yeah. come open, they know who to uh, tap on the shoulder. That's what it's about. So that's one of my favorite quotes. So basically what Rosie's saying is it's not about because you always about hear about it. it's not about who it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. So my mentor told me, well, one of my older mentors told me it's not about who you know, it's about who knows you. So go out there, make your name, shine bright, do what you do. Um, because me dropping your name does me no good if you don't know who the hell I am. So 
with that being said, fellas, you got anything you want to leave them with? Oh, um, only thing I want to talk about is uh that new Castlevania came out on Netflix. It's a uh, fire platform. The, the platform. Game? Oh no, Castlevania. Uh, it's a series. It's a uh, cartoon series on uh, Netflix. That's like fire. They've got mm-hmm. their only third season. It just dropped. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go uh, look at that, it's really good. And uh, the platform. Is it based off the video game. Yeah, it's based off the video game. So. Yeah, yeah. Castlevania was like, was that Mother Brain and all that, or no? It was, was like it? Dracula. So you had basically, yeah, you and were going against Dracula. Yeah, he had that whip. Yeah. <laughs> so like the first season is like super fire. He's trying to get his whip back and all of that stuff, and then they go in, they gotta attack Dracula and defeat Dracula. So then they go into the third season. I mean, it's it's good. It's like a really good series. Who's the main if you want to check that out. Um. Uh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, there's actually three. There's um, the the Castlevania guy. Um, I can't remember his name. And then there's a magic user, and um, and then there's Alucard, which is Dracula's son. So you got all three of them that they follow in the series. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a Belmont. That's it. He's the last of the Belmonts, and so they're the the big vampire hunters or whatever uh, family. So. Man, it's a good series. And then I just watched today this uh, show that's in the top 10 for Netflix right now called The Platform. And it's about there's this platform that goes down like so many levels and it has food on it. And so the person at the top can eat as much as they want. And then it goes down to the next level and that person can eat as much as they want. And so, you know, you, uh, you know, by the time it gets to level 100, 150, there's no more food on there, but there's people but they put enough food on the platform that if everybody ate just enough, it would get all the way down to the bottom. But nobody and so it just kind of shows how humankind, man, we're greedy and we're selfish and we won't work together and everything like that. And so it's right. a really, really cool little uh show to just kind of show that and, and highlight it. I mentioned that on my soapbox last week. Did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you did. Also on Netflix, don't forget, by the time you guys hear this show, Ozark Season 3 will be out. Yes. Um, but the, the the two things I wanted to leave you guys with is, one, stay active. I know most of us are staying in the house, not going to work, not doing our usual mm-hmm. daily activities. But stay active. Nobody hates working out at home more than I do. But you literally have free workouts all over YouTube from uh Hit workouts, high intensity interval training workouts to any type of weightlifting workouts you can find. It's all, most of it is free. Uh, so pull it up, throw it on the TV, but just stay active. If you have bike trails, walking trails, go out there. Don't just sit in the house and eat bad. I know it's very tempting to do, but we got to stay healthy. Ferg always says fit at 40. And I know most of the listeners are around our age. So we can't splurge like that. We're not 20 no more. We can't just eat Big Mac supersize every day and it'd be all good. So just that. And the um, other thing is continue to share the podcast and check us out on Instagram. We have a lot of fun on there. Remember, the things we post on our Facebook page are different from what we post on the IG page. So you you want to follow both because, you know, we do different things on each platform. So. Just do that. And thank you guys for supporting us. All right. What I'm going to leave is with this. So since everybody's dropping a Netflix show, I'm going to give credit to my wife, Sabrina, for this one. 
she put me on a hundred humans. Have you are you guys familiar with that? No. I saw it. I haven't is base it's it's basically they take a hundred humans, men, women, or who identify whatever way. They call them humans because they're not labeling. And they take them through social experiments the whole time. So there's pretty much like a hundred test subjects go through a season full of tests, tests that they pretty much came. They ask questions and like, who's the smartest sex, men or women? And so they put these texts, these tests together. Like, uh, is it true that women take longer to get ready than men? And so they did this test where it kind of showed in this scenario, the women won somehow. Um, and I, my wife and I debated that on why, you know, I think it was a bias test and didn't definitely didn't work, but it was really cool because they just have all these things and they'll all, they'll set up the test. You think you're being tested for something and you're being completely tested for something else. Mm. You know, like on this one where they were talking about men getting ready quicker than women it's like, Hey, we're about to go on a trip. We brought the bus down to two sections, men, the male bus and the female bus, or however you identify. They actually, they actually go out and say that however you identify, you get on that bus. It was 50 men, 50 women. And they said, but we got 10 minutes, you know, get everything you need. We're going to leave in 10 minutes. And so basically before they left out, they had this, these tables with snack food, all this kind of stuff. They can order their food for the day and all this stuff. So basically people were just taking their time getting on the bus and all this stuff and They'll get on. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're not going to be able to pee. So they they run back to the bathroom and all this stuff. And essentially at the 10 minute mark, you had all these people still standing around and the bus just took off. <laughs> and they're like, they're not going to come back. They're not going to wait on us. And it's just like, no, no, you guys missed the bus. And the people were pissed. And then they drove a block. And like the real test was trying to see who gets ready faster, men or women, because they thought they were going to miss like going a special excursion. But it's really just who takes longer to get ready. But it's cool. Like it's really cool. He's like, oh, that's dope. Oh, that's that's cool. And and then you me, me being analytical, I did de- debate and debunk some of the experiments on my own. Like I know what the hell. And they have they have professionals come on and go over the results. So, nice. but it's pretty cool. Um, the last thing is really we appreciate you guys listening. We know that you guys are working from home and then you're bored. So. Our goal is to keep you entertained. And so we, we're we working on some things. We're going to try some different things this week, maybe have some additional recordings from different people that we're going to post, do some stuff different. And so pay attention to the post and looking forward to what we're going to do during this time. So if you have any ideas of what we can do to keep you entertained during this uh, coronavirus crisis, let us know. But with that being said, once again, we thank you guys for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank for all the support. Like Byron says, keep doing what you do and go to the website and get some new or get to continue to buy the merch. The Three Brothers merch is still out there. But until next week, listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. 